0: Radio Show, where we talk about the ways we see the world and live within it, making connections, discovering who we are, and reflecting on various perspectives. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and each week we bring interesting guests to you. And these guests gives us, oh, perspective on ideas that get us thinking, talking, exploring, and finding some new ways to try out something new, to get out and do something, try something, explore, and consider opportunities for yourself. This week, we're going to be exploring the world of design and how we design our living spaces in our home. Do our homes reflect our personality and the way we want to surround ourselves? How do we make choices about the design we create, where we live and work? And as we talk about design, we're also going to be mixing it up. And I do mean that literally. I know it's early, but we're going to celebrate both design and mix ecology. And even though it's not 5 p.m., we're going to have our own cocktail party early. Yes, we're mixing it up with drinks and we'll be getting to know Greg Rich, the founder and chief of Habitation Furnishing and Design. Oh, Welcome, Laurie. Greg.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: Oh, so glad. Now, before we start talking about habitation design, I understand that there are three things in life that you care deeply about. And you want to share those three things with us?
1: Well, it, it all came out of a moment of deep introspection where, uh, where my wife and I were trying to decide what was meaningful to us. And this is back when I was a corporate guy. And... Uh, I was not getting a lot of pleasure. I really wasn't feeling like life was being lived properly. So we sat down and came up with the list of what was important, and I found three things. Those were um, traveling, and this is before I had kids, uh, buying things, and, and drinking.
0: So cocktails are part of your passion.
1: They they're really kind of the the adhesive that holds a lot of things together.
0: So we're having a cocktail party today, and I thought I'd start off with defining what a cocktail is. Sometimes people mix it up and, and not call cocktails correctly by what they are. People call any mixed drink a cocktail, but it's not actually accurate. Sugar, water, spirits, bitters. Technically, a cocktail needs all of those four elements, and it has been that way long before the prohibition. A vodka and sour, I'm sorry, is not a cocktail. A Manhattan is a cocktail.
1: A Manhattan is not just a cocktail. It's kind of the cocktail. (laughs) At least these days it is.
0: Are you going to fix me a perfect Manhattan?
1: I'm going to fix you a slight variant of a Manhattan. Ooh. Um, And what we're going to do is kind of tailor it a little bit to uh, modern tastes, which do tend to be sweeter, although... I am opposed to kind of the the modern trend of just adding alcohol to some kind of sugar water and calling it a drink. Uh But, you know, we're Americans. This is the 21st century, and sweet generally trumps uh, sour or bitter or anything else. So the Manhattan that we'll be making is going to be, uh, it's going to fit the uh, criterion that you've laid out. Good, good. Uh, But we're going to adjust it. If you were to go back to what I consider to be the definitive book on cocktails, which would be the old Mr. Boston, and cocktail guide, first published in 1935. A Bible. It is the Bible. Absolutely. A holy text. And um, if you were to take a look, it would tell you that a traditional Manhattan, a sweet Manhattan, would be uh, sweet vermouth, rye, a maraschino cherry garnish, which... Fills the uh, the uh, requirement for sugar because yes. uh, there's sugar involved in the process, uh, and then stirred in ice. That's going to induce some of the water. So it is a technical cocktail, um, and it is absolutely fantastic. There's also a derivative called the dry Manhattan, where you use dry vermouth rather than sweet vermouth, uh, but it's it's not my personal favorite.
0: Now oh. what I understand a perfect Manhattan is it's neither too dry nor too sweet.
1: That's absolutely the case. And that's of course a matter of of uh, taste. Your perfect taste. Your perfect <laughs> taste. Exactly right. <laughs> and then we're going to we're going to sweeten it up a little bit though. We're also going to use bourbon instead of rye. Bourbon, now you're a fan of bourbon. I do love bourbon. Yeah. Bourbon is great in cocktails. It's also in my opinion the best room temperature shot that you can necessarily have. So um
0: He says that with this huge huge smile, <laughs> almost savoring the bourbon before he drinks it.
1: I, I do adore bourbon. And, you know, it's got the smoky, it's got the sweet. Um, it's 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 the type of, of liquor that I think almost anybody can develop a taste for fairly quickly.
0: Well, I wanted to bring a cocktail party to, to our radio show because when I went into your habitation, it felt like Every part of that store, any corner, we could have had a cocktail party.
1: And we do. Oh, actually, do <laughs> we love having parties at habitation. Um, and then I do have a full bar in my office. Uh, so uh, that's in the very back of the store if you happen to stop in. Uh, and you'll find that I actually have a really large number of appointments uh, that are scheduled at the very end of the day for some reason. Uh,
0: and you also have a jukebox.
1: And I do have a jukebox.
0: It, it's all good. All it... exciting. Well, and I did – for those on Facebook uh, who are watching, I did dress for the cocktail party – a cocktail party, you should have a little black dress or, or something that uh, gives you the illusion of the cocktail celebration.
1: The cocktail party is about being an adult. It's mm-hmm. about presenting yourself as an adult and trying to demonstrate, in my opinion, that you understand how to conduct yourself and how you can necessarily present yourself uh, as opposed to, you know, kind of the modern trend towards you know, binge drinking mm-hmm. and and kind of just uh, letting things get out of control.
0: Well, you know, I also sometimes think of cocktail parties, you know, the way back cocktail parties, the fancy ones in the 20s and the 30s, but they sort of evolved into the 50s suburban thing to do. You know, it was the mid-century, you know, afternoon suburban thing to have a little cocktail party and have the neighborhood over and share drinks. But, you know, and I think of your furniture in habitation. What I like about it is it's not really the suburban style. You've created something um, a little disruptive that allows us to get back into a smaller uh, apartment, condominium, or a smaller home and celebrate it with a sort of a mid-century class?
1: It, you know, it, it really is. There's a lot of mid-century, I mean, the mid-century uh, movement has been going strong for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I opened Habitation back in 2015, one of the uh, guiding principles that we had, um, I mean, there were, there were a number of them, but, but one of them was that furniture should be Reflective of the lifestyle you want to necessarily embody, mm-hmm. so we came in, and yet it should also be reflective of who you are. So we have a, a good deal of mid-century modern uh, furniture, and you know, mid-twentieth century, you know, is is a great look, a great style. But one thing I've always kind of argued is that, you know, you don't want to be just pure mid-century. Mm-hmm. This is the twenty-first century, right? Um, you know, I don't think that people want to walk into their living room and feel like they suddenly are on the set of Mad Men. That's inauthentic. And, you know, your home should be, above all things, authentic.
0: Although, when I walked in and I saw the twister at the game, <laughs> and I, I was flashing <laughs> back. I was like, this is my home. This is what I remember.
1: That was actually in... We have uh, two main galleries at Habitation. Uh, one for uh, noir furniture, and one for Gus Modern. And Gus Modern is uh, kind of a blend of contemporary and mid-century stylings. Out of Canada and they love it just lends itself so beautifully to that kind of 50s 60s 70s sensibility so when we set the whole room uh in that section of the store we did we went out to Goodwill and we made sure we got some authentic games and Twister and uh everything else and it just works well it becomes kind of an artistic piece
0: the other thing I was struck by is the technology that allows you to play with the furniture differently
1: it it, it it does. You know, one of the reasons that I got into furniture retail, we talked at the beginning about kind of the three things that, mm-hmm. that I liked. And while I never was able to fully integrate drinking into uh, doing something profitable, um, the first two, which are traveling and buying things, was uh, uh, basically import, as I saw it. So I initially, uh, when I got into furniture... Was, uh, was importing furniture from Southeast Asia and by a series of strange circumstances that may or may not have been alcohol related, um, <laughs> I found myself in the retail space and part of what drew me to retail was that the furniture industry tends to be somewhat backwards. Yeah. It has not embraced technology in a brick-and-mortar sense very effectively. There are plenty of online sites like Wayfair and, and, and things like that, um, but that's replacement of a brick-and-mortar furniture store with technology. What I wanted to do was integrate technology into the brick-and-mortar feel uh, or, or mm-hmm. format. So we brought in um, a large-screen uh, TV solution. We have four 75-inch TVs that are massed together to create a 150-inch screen that uh, allows us to, say, show you special order items in full scale. You can actually see what your sofa is going to look like. You can kind of get a sense of what that scale is going to be. The
0: space that it's going to incorporate and, and take up and the tablets that allow you to play with it. I mean, it seems to me this is just a whole different way of thinking about furniture.
1: It is. I mean, it's a hybrid of a retail space and an online store. Uh That is to say, you know, we have 7,000 square feet of furnishings and we have a number of different suppliers and you can get a sense and we select those products based on their kind of reflecting lines in general. So let's imagine that you do really like this particular, we'll say, um, mid-century chair, since we're on a mid-century theme. Yeah. Um, you can sit in it, you can get a sense of what it's going to be like, but then we can show you a variety, you know, 30 other chairs that have a similar feel from that particular supplier.
0: And that's the one thing that keeps me back from wanting to go to online entirely, is that I do want to test it out. I mean, I do want to get a sense of it, that there is something tactile that that I, especially for my furniture that I want to
1: have. It's key. I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone is a different, you know, uh, you're going to find I've got a a, a variety of of Marginally useful tips of uh, <laughs> various kinds. One of the interesting things about furnishings is that the standard height for seating was standardized in the 1910s and 20s, when the average American was about three inches shorter than they are today.
0: Oh, interesting! So
1: your cocktail or your dining room table, your dining room chairs are designed for someone who is maybe five foot six, which might work for for women, but for guys, you know, who are averaging five ten or you know five eleven. That's why you see everybody tucking their legs underneath and sure. why it's not that comfortable. So you have to be able to, to experience something to understand whether it's going to fit you or not.
0: Well, we're coming up at the end of our first segment, and I'm going to have our, our friend Greg here make me my cocktail either during the break or in the beginning of the next segment. But we do have a couple of tips for you for if you're going to be creating a cocktail party. The first tip that comes from this really cool book from the 60s that was actually the 1960s Calvert Party Encyclopedia. Uh, The first tip is always have a cheese ball. Even two. If you don't have a cheese ball, you're doing it so wrong. And the next thing is, um, make sure that you blend your guests like you blend your cocktails. Do it smoothly. Make sure that you have lots of good friends that are all going to mix well. And with that note, I'll wrap this segment up and we'll move into the next one after a short break. And come back and join us for a cocktail. I know it's too early, but do it anyway
1: some advice by son
0: of Learning how to
2: mom.
1: Hey parents of children with asthma Here's the Breathe Easies with another one of your favorite hits
0: Don't smoke in the house Don't smoke in the house Don't smoke around
2: the kids in the house. Don't smoke in the car. Don't smoke in the house
3: Don't break my heart with your smoke
1: Preventing asthma attacks can be as simple as making your home and car smoke-free zones.
3: For more Breathe Easy tips to help stop asthma attacks, go to noattacks.org. Up next, well, what do you know? The Breathe Easies with another hit song: Vacuum up the floor. Vacuum up the floor. Hey. Vacuum up the floor. Yeah. Vacuum up the floor. The asthma
1: Simple Steps can help your kids breathe easier. Vacuum up the floor to keep your house free of dust, dander, and dust mites. For more Breathe Easy tips to help stop asthma attacks, go to noattacks.org. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Stop. Pop quiz time. What did you have for breakfast today? What are you having for dinner this evening? Chances are you can answer both of these questions. Unfortunately, there are nearly 200,000 children in Minnesota who can't. Hands and feet was formed on the belief that children deserve better. We make custom-inspiring apparel and donate 50% of our profits to programs which fight childhood hunger. Visit us at yourhandsandfeet.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Your Hands and Feet to join the fight to end childhood hunger.
0: Located in the vibrant Lynn Lake neighborhood in Minneapolis, the Jungle Theater sparks meaningful dialogue through compelling stories, meaningful acting, and exquisite design. The Jungle is more than just a theater, though. It's a community that inspires empathy and reflects our changing world. This winter, experience the magic of the jungle with a duet of dynamic one-person plays. First is Ishmael, in which one actor gives a tour de force of the many voices of Herman Melville's classic novel, Moby Dick, accompanied by members of the Bluegrass Band, Hurt Near Sandstone. Ishmael is on stage January 13th through February 4th. Next up, from February 10th through March 4th, is New York Times' critics' pick, My Mother Has Four Noses, written and performed by acclaimed singer-songwriter Jonathan Brooke. This show is the beautiful and heartbreaking tale of Jonathan's final two years together with her mother, who was battling Alzheimer's. Buy your tickets now by going to jungletheater.com, or treat yourself to a subscription for the 2018 season by calling the box office at 612 822 70
3: The great magician Philip Winterbottom cordially requests your presence for his final disappearing act.
2: Sadly, he's dead, so he
1: won't be there.
3: But he's left very clear magical instructions. On tour from London, Single Shoe Productions presents a disappearing act.
1: A unique, interactive, magic-filled comedy.
3: Come take part in a special memorial service you won't soon forget.
1: Capacity is limited, so get your tickets now for a disappearing act.
3: At the Southern Theatre this January 25th through 28th.
1: Tickets available at
2: southerntheatre.org.
3: Fly me to the moon Let
1: me play among the stars Let me Good
0: morning. I'm Lori Fitz and welcome to Connections Radio Show. Yes, it's early and we're having a cocktail party. And Greg Rich, who is the founder and chief of Habitation Furnishing and Design, we're having a spirited conversation on design, choices on the ways we want to create our surroundings to give us pleasure and delight. Welcome, Greg.
1: Hi, Lori. I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm delighted that you're here, and you're going to be making me a Manhattan.
1: I am going to make you a Manhattan.
0: And I chose Fly Me to the Moon because of your love of travel.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> you we are go. going to DJ at my next party. <laughs> There's
0: no question. Absolutely. We'll bring all the, the best and the greatest from, oh, the 50s to the 60s. So, as we've been talking about furnishing and design, we've also been talking about alcohol, and you're making me a special bourbon Manhattan, as I recall.
1: I am indeed. And we've got a couple of cheats that we're going to use on okay. it, but I think you're really going to like how it comes out. Okay, I'm let you, going to let you walk me through it. Okay, so what you're generally going to have, most Manhattans are going to be served neat or up, which means not on ice. However, you're going to have to cool the liquor uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're also going to want to infuse some water, which brings out the spirits, brings out the aroma, and brings out the flavors. Nice. So we're going to start with the... A-
0: and- And for our Facebook watchers, you can see this all taking place. We have a traveling bar of Greg's here that is just exquisite.
1: It's one of my most precious possessions. My wife bought it for me 20-some years ago, and uh, I brought it to the hospital for the birth of both my daughters, um, which all the nurses allowed me to keep because they were so charmed by this magic (laughs) traveling bar.
0: It is oozing with charm. (laughs) There is nothing but charm
1: there. (laughs) It is oozing with charm and also liquor. Uh, so we're starting. Isn't with...
0: that the same thing? <laughs> it's a really
1: good point. So we're going to start with um, a bullet bourbon. Um, obviously, you can choose any bourbon you'd like. Bullet, I just happen to to be fond of, if for no reason other than uh, it has a cork, and I'm always a sucker for any liquor that is corked instead of screw top. And it
0: makes a great noise when it, you open it up.
1: It does. It's it, a
0: perfect radio drink.
1: I <laughs> expect to have my coffin when I die somehow cork related, so I can <laughs> hear go. that noise
2: before All I go. All right.
1: Um, so you're basically going to have uh, two parts uh, bourbon. Uh, to one part uh, sweet vermouth. Um, So uh, traditionally those figures are one and a half ounces of bourbon to three quarters of an ounce of sweet vermouth. I did bring a jigger.
0: And and I will be posting this recipe if that's all right.
1: I would encourage you to do that. There we go. I
0: will be posting it on Facebook and on our website. So So you've got the jiggers going in.
1: I do. (laughs) And this is a travel bar, so it's a smaller jigger.
0: Ah, So how many jiggers are you... you...
1: Well, these are uh, half-ounce pours, so I think I've just put in six, although I partially lost track, um, which is terrible, given that I haven't uh, actually started drinking yet. But we've got the bourbon put in, now the sweet vermouth, and I would recommend getting a good sweet vermouth. Obviously, you need to have good liquor across the board. Yes. Um, But uh, vermouth is important, and you're going to notice the flavor without doubt.
0: So I understand bourbon is one of your favorites.
1: It is. I love the smoky uh, flavor. I love the sweetness of it uh, as well. I Um, do have
0: a fun fact on bourbon. It is an American form of whiskey that is made from distilling a mash that is 51% corn, with the best being either malted barley, wheat, or rye. The distilled liquor is stored for at least two years in charred white oak barrels, giving it that distinct smoky flavor.
1: Doesn't that sound great? Yes, I know, right? It's amazing. <laughs> yes. The other key part is good maraschino cherries. Ah. Do not, you cannot make a good Manhattan if you have just those traditional. I've forgotten the brand. Uh, uh, they're like light
0: pinky red. They don't even look cherry-ish. Yeah, they're they, nothing. They, to they do. look scary cherry.
1: They do. They, they're 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 just they're just a shame on the cherry yes. community.
0: This cherry that you're offering me looks like a, a deep red, deep true cherry.
1: This is a Luxardo is the brand and it comes from Italy um, and part of the reason that it's a delight is that you will often see people add just a bit of the cherry juice. I saw that. To the Manhattan and that gives it a little extra sweetness.
0: Uh, ah. The
1: final aspect which is required are the bitters and uh, a bitter of course is a uh, an aromatic uh, uh, addition to the cocktail. Angostura I believe is how you say is the most common version but in in this case, because a Manhattan, a modern Manhattan, uh, will often include ch- uh, orange zest, what I've done, instead of bringing oranges, because sometimes if you have too complicated a cocktail, and I believe it's nice to have a Manhattan when you come home at the end mm. of the day, you, you, you don't necessarily have oranges available, or because you need orange rind, you open it, and then suddenly it becomes this shriveled little nothing in your thing. Um Waste
0: not, whatnot. not. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: So these are called hella bitters. Which is ah. a great name. They're out of uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, uh, Ground Zero for the hipster movement. And you're going to want one dash per cocktail. So I've added two dashes with a little extra, just because I want that uh, that orange flavor to come through. That full richness. So once exactly. So once again, you've got two parts bourbon, one part sweet vermouth, a dash of bitters, in this case orange bitters, and then just a hint of. Uh, the maraschino cherry juice.
0: Now, I see a special stir.
1: This is a cocktail stirring spoon. It's got this little twist on the top so Mm -hmm. that you can actually spin it around and act like a mini mixer. Ah, So you're going to want to mix that up, and again, the stirring concept is to infuse water, bring out the aroma and the flavor of the cocktail. Um, Stirred, and then try the
0: temperature not down. shaken.
1: I, you know what? It's absolutely <laughs> true. I mean, that seems to matter more for martinis. Yes, yes. And um, they say, or I've been told, that you don't want to shake your martini because you'll bruise the gin. And I don't know how the heck you would define bruised gin.
0: <laughs> it pouts.
1: It pouts. It is. Its ego is hurt. Right. You have bruised it. It won't talk to you for it, the rest it, of the it night. It doesn't
0: want that. It wants easy and lovely, and not being shaken up like that. Be tender.
1: You, you must like. Yeah, okay. Gin is like a woman. Huh? Yes, <laughs>
0: yes. We don't want to be bruised.
1: So we've got it mixed up. I will say though, for man or for martinis. Um, the most important part of a martini is the temperature. It's got to be cold. In fact, you can tell a well-made martini based on whether there's a tiny, thin layer of ice ah, on the top. Yeah. And it's almost impossible to achieve that by stirring a martini. You have to shake it in order to get that little bit of ice. You have to bruise it just a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Hopefully it's tough enough. Yes. Well, can take it. It's been around for years.
0: Absolutely. So uh, now I'm seeing this being poured into a beautiful glass. And I think the presentation and the design of the glass... Adds to the whole cocktail as well.
1: A weighty glass, etched glass, glass is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always like to say, you know, living is the big stuff, life is the details. Ah, and, and the
0: details th- come in a nice leaded cocktail glass.
1: And they do. And they should also come with a, uh, a cocktail pick to keep the cherry from disappearing, but I forgot them. Therefore, we're just dropping in the maraschino cherries. I personally prefer two. Um,
0: well, I love that you have that little, um, uh, what would you call that? The,
1: this, these are my uh tongs? tongs.
0: The tongs. I love that you have, you have a carrying case that you even have tongs in your carrying case. I mean, it, the whole bar is in there.
1: It's, uh, yeah, I, I'm ready at the drop of a hat. I, I really try to be.
0: Well, we're, we're coming down to the end of the second segment, and I just want to make sure that folks know to go to this cool place where you can see this cool furniture. We talked in the first segment about how it uh, intertwines online and being present and seeing what you want to buy and up close and personal as well as on a screen. That's habitationdesign.com. Again, that's habitationdesign.com. We're going to learn more about the designers and the cool things that um, you can buy there. So uh, I'm going to wait to toast until we get back. So we'll be right back now in just a few moments. Located in the vibrant Lynn Lake neighborhood in Minneapolis, the Jungle Theater sparks meaningful dialogue through compelling stories, meaningful acting, and exquisite design. The Jungle is more than just a theater, though. It's a community that inspires empathy and reflects our changing world. This winter, experience the magic of The Jungle with a duet of dynamic one-person plays. First is Ishmael, in which one actor gives a tour de force of the many voices of Herman Melville's classic novel, Moby Dick, accompanied by members of the bluegrass band, Pert Near Sandstone. Ishmael is on stage January 13th through February 4th. Next up, from February 10th through March 4th, is New York Times critic's pick, My Mother Has Four Noses, written and performed by acclaimed singer-songwriter Jonathan Brooke. This show is the beautiful and heartbreaking tale of Jonathan's final two years together with her mother, who was battling Alzheimer's. Buy your tickets now by going to jungletheater.com or treat yourself to a subscription for the 2018 season by calling the box office at 612-822-7063.
1: Fact is, it's January in Minnesota, and we spend a lot more time indoors. And we're breathing a lot of dry indoor winter air. But don't worry, Standard Heating has the solution. If you install a new furnace this January, you'll not only stay warm and comfortable, you'll also get your choice of a free air purifier or humidifier. Oh, and Standard Heating also offers 0% interest and $0 down on approved credit. Suddenly, this winter doesn't look so bad. Find out more at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve.
0: Connections Radio Show wants to feature your favorite nonprofits as well as the arts that mean the most to you. Do you have a nonprofit you care about or an artist that you'd like to have featured on Connections Radio Show? We have very reasonable advertising and sponsorship packages that would provide for an on-air segment or perhaps a whole show. Interested? I'm Lori Fitz, and contact me at Fitzradio at gmail.com. That's F-I-T-Z radio at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you.
2: Learn about wine, learn about yourself. How? With the Wine Fate Fortune Telling Cards. 24 cards, each explaining a different wine grape that can be read like tarot cards only easy. It's a unique, fun new way to explore the wine world and get a glimpse of your future. Uncork your destiny. Find out what the Wine Fate Fortune Telling Cards can tell you. Love, money, success, or what wine to have with dinner. Great for a party or a girl's night. Order your deck now by going to winefate.com. That's winefate.com.
3: Now on display at the Museum of Russian Art is an exhibition of beautiful icons and sacred art from the 19th century called Russian Sacred Art, Connecting Heaven and Earth. Liturgical music from the best Russian choirs gently accompanies your experience of these pillars of spiritual life. Open daily and with free parking, Timora is the easiest museum to get to Minneapolis, so plan your visit today at tmora.org. That is tmora.org. Stages Theatre Company presents Leo Leone's Frederick on stage January 19th to February 19th. Bring a little one and cozy in this winter for the charming story of Frederick as he shows us that everyone has something special to give the world. This musical adaptation of the Caldecott Award winning book will delight the heart and tickle the imagination. Located in downtown Hopkins, Stages Theatre Company continues its season in the heart of imagination. For tickets, visit stagestheater.org. That's stagestheater.org.
0: Connections Radio. Yes, we're having kind of a mid-century celebration with a cocktail hour, a discussion on design, a discussion on furniture, a discussion on surroundings, a discussion on life. And what's important are the details. So join me, Lori Fitz, uh, with our terrific guest, Greg Rich, who is the founder and chief of Habitation. As we uh, have a cocktail in our last segment, uh, Greg made me a Manhattan. We have saved it during the commercials. Greg, do you have uh, anything you'd like to say about this Manhattan before we toast?
1: My favorite toast is simple and sweet. Salud to health.
0: Salud to health. Thank you so much. I'm going to take a sip now. Mmm, mmm. Just on the tongue, it's delicious. This is the best Manhattan I've ever had. And I'm not just saying that.
1: <laughs> That's fabulous. So I've got a backup career.
0: That's right. It works. <laughs> It's absolutely heavenly, and you were sharing a little bit in our last section about shaken and stirred. So, I thought it was important that we we bring up 007 as is, sort of an icon for for our our discussion as well.
1: Absolutely true. And he did, by the way, always request his martini to be shaken, not stirred. He liked to bruise up his his drinks. He, you know, he was a tough guy.
0: He was, and he wanted his drinks refined. Tough. Yeah, but refined tough. but tough. So let's talk about a little bit about design. Because that's part of the fun, too, is that you help folks discover
1: their design. You know, it's very true. And, you know, the environment that you're in is going to have an impact on how you view everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a space that is bringing you pleasure, you're missing out, I think, to Mm -hmm. a certain extent on part of what life has to offer.
0: I'm sorry. I had to have another <laughs> sip of your Manhattan. It is so good. I know it's early, but this Manhattan is amazing. So, speaking of Manhattan's and parties, you said in your last segment that you like to host parties and bring people in. You also kind of bring Habitation out and about into apartments and condos. Tell we me do. about a little bit about how you you create all these fun spaces.
1: Sure. Well, when we launched Habitation, um, we had initially started doing single family home staging. Uh-huh. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the real estate market being what it is, these days you're finding that a staged home is selling so much faster than an unstaged home. People like to see the potential of a space and oftentimes don't see it if it's just open. We actually started doing that but discovered relatively quickly that that was a difficult business in the sense that you needed a huge amount of of, uh, of product. And you never knew when it was coming, when it was going, when a house would sell. Right. So... The idea however was still solid in that we wanted to get our furniture out into the community rather than insisting that people have to come to us we wanted a way of making people aware of what we had to offer while they were going about you know their 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 lives so it came to uh, came to mind that we should partner with apartment buildings apartment buildings have become uh You know, uh, a much larger part of the housing community as more and more people are downsizing, more and more empty nesters after the real estate crash in 2008. uh, People became somewhat disenamored. Uh, Is that a word, disenamored? I think
0: so. It works for me, Uh, especially after Manhattan. (laughs) Exactly. The other beautiful part of drinking a lot.
1: Nobody, you know. As Dean Martin said, remember, it's not called slurring your words. It's called talking in cursive and it's elegant.
0: (laughs) Well, by the end of the show, I'm sure I will be talking a lot in person.
1: <laughs> and I, I do feel that we should have a PSA at the end of this, by the <laughs> yes, way. Yes, uh, we probably will. Without a doubt. Um, but we decided that uh, that going out and partnering with apartment buildings would make a tremendous amount of sense. So we created this program that we call the Habitat Program. Uh, and, and there's something of a mobile showroom, um, rather than having apartment buildings go in and, and Furnishing their apartment is usually kind of an afterthought for most uh, developers. We said, we'll come in and we're going to create an absolutely phenomenal space that is going to showcase your apartment in such a way that it's going to be distinctive and unique and memorable.
0: One of the things that intrigues me is that you create characters and you walk into their life. I mean, you actually think about who are the people that live there, including like Toothpaste, that's on toothpaste brushes that are like in the bathroom like you're going what what did did i interrupt did i intrude (laughs)
1: It's true. I mean, you want people to see this is what your life is going to be like. And in order to do that, you need to create a realistic overall environment. So when our designers and when we do a habitat, um, we have uh, a main designer named Carl Peltier uh, who is responsible for creating the space. But then we also bring in some of the habitation designers to make sure that we're getting kind of a general look. And one of the secrets to creating a space is to have a lifestyle in mind or have a guiding principle or as... um, one of my my great friends, Michelle Havens, likes to say, um, have a story to tell in that space. So they would create uh, fictional characters who would be living, and then they would have debates and arguments over whether that (laughs) fictional person would want this particular piece and whether it would speak to them. Um, So we go in and, you know, we had, for example, we did this wonderful uh, uh, model down at the Four Mark Apartments in Minneapolis, and they had this very kind of... Transitional space—it uh, was like an elongated hallway or an extra wide hallway between the living room and the bedroom—that no one had any idea what to do. Well, the fictional character who lived there was a buyer at Target, and apparently, uh, in my designer's minds, she decided she wanted to be a seamstress as well, or sew on the side. So we went in, we bought an old mid-century sewing machine oh, on a perfect. table, and you know, we created that uh, whole space. And people have come in, and we actually had a customer, a couple of customers. Come come in who asked to buy the sewing machines that they assumed we sold, but we said, no, we're just creating a character on this, but we do sell the dining room table. Hi.
0: But I think what's important is thinking about how space is different in apartments, in smaller spaces. When I go to those big box stores for the furniture, I mean, those that furniture is huge. You know, my living room isn't huge. If I were to buy any of those pieces, it would just overcome my living room and I wouldn't have a space that I'd enjoy.
1: Everything is about scale. Yes. I mean, it really, really is. So what we're finding is, as I mentioned, you know, one of our biggest uh, groups of clientele uh, is uh, empty nesters. And they're people who have had their 4,500-square-foot house in, in the suburb, and it was great when you had kids. Uh, but then when you decide you're going to go down to 900 square feet and, and live in Minneapolis...
0: And you, have cocktail parties.
1: And have cocktail parties, <laughs> preferably three times a week. and uh,
0: Invite I, your good friends and radio personalities. <laughs>
1: And furniture salespeople. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and, and and they find that the, the the kind of overstuffed large sofa that they bought at Ashley Furniture or they bought at Schneiderman's or what have you. I- probably should mention competitors, um, doesn't fit, yeah. and it takes up too much of the space. Yeah. Um, and it, it can be really, really hard to find properly scaled furnishings for that. Mm-hmm. And if you do go to kind of the big box stores, well, first, right off the bat, you know, if you're going into a store that's 200,000 square feet and three stores... and you've Too fat, much choice. There's too much choice to be It overwhelms. With. And we can talk about my, my philosophy on, on excessive choice, but... What's really key in that space is, in order for them to really make that space work, because they also have to showcase their their products well, they need to have those large, large pieces. Yeah. yeah. If they bring in something that is more properly scaled, it's going to look tiny by comparison, and that's going to throw people off, and they're not going to sell any. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Habitation, and you know, I'm a I'm a big believer. I have a, a philosophy that is that, you know, Banana Republic killed the department store in the 1980s and you know banana republic there are a lot of things you can say about it these days mm-hmm. but back when it first came out if you remember everybody used to shop at the department stores um, and you'd have to wade through racks and racks and racks of furniture. Of, I'd
0: get catatonic there was just so much you couldn't make choices.
1: It's absolutely true and we yeah. all know that when you're confronted with too many choices you nothing. I shut down. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Panic and flee. Uh,
0: That's pretty much described (laughs) sort of fight or flight. I did the flight. (laughs) Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, But Banana Republic said, you know what? We're going to take a much smaller space. We're going to more carefully curate uh, the items that are for sale here. We're going to make sure they are of good quality. They're going to be well-priced. And they're going to be things that you can be confident are going to be in style and something you can hold on to and people flocked to that I have the same philosophy in the furniture industry that is to say that nobody wants anymore to have to wade through 20,000 square feet of lazy boy chairs Mm -hmm. in order to get to a particular sofa that they may be interested in.
0: We do need to have support in making good choices, I think. I think having someone help us, to guide us, that gets to know us, that can make some suggestions helps narrow the choices so you're not overwhelmed and you can really make a good choice at that point.
1: You can't be an expert in everything. No. And, you know, if you have a designer, that's a person who is trained and is looking at things very differently than... Even you or I, um, and for God's sake, I own a furniture store. You think I'd know this stuff up and down? But I use my designers to do everything because they don't look at a chair and say, "I like that chair. We'll put it in." That's what you and I would do. Yeah. They look at that chair and they say, "How does that chair interact with the table, or you know, the colors or the shapes within this particular space?" And they create kind of a holistic type of a solution to a room.
0: So tell me a little bit about noir.
1: Noir Furniture, furniture,
0: and then I also want to hear about Gus Modern.
1: So, Noir Furniture, so as I mentioned, we've got two main galleries in the space, Noir Furniture, which is Noir Furniture LA, and Gus Modern, gusmodern.com, um... And they're both very different but really exciting. One of the things that Habitation does that that I should mention, especially since we started out by talking about mid century, is that we like to practice what we call a blended look. We'll take a particular style and we'll mix it in with a different style.
0: Blended.
2: A blended I hope that clinked. <laughs> yes, cling I hope to. So too. Hmm.
1: The nice thing about cocktails also is they force you to stop, drink, and think for a moment (laughs) instead of stream of consciousness. Um, But we'll take mid-century pieces and we'll put them together with something that's contemporary. And it works if you have a design background because you understand how color shapes and and scale interact. But Noir Gallery, uh, the greatest uh, description I ever had uh, when we first opened, we had a young lady come in, a, a millennial, um, I feel often as though you have to caution people. A Millennial,
2: <laughs> warning, warning, warning.
1: It's a millennial, <laughs> and you know she was, she was, you know, uh, uh, she had her jet black hair and her arms straight down to the side, and she was kind of, you know, uh, uh, evasive. She didn't want to interact, and she walks through the Gus Gallery, and then she walks through the Noir Gallery, and she comes over and she looks at Noir and she says, "I love this Noir Gallery." It's like Restoration Hardware meets Beetlejuice. (laughs) I said, that's fabulous. That is exactly what it is. It's got this really kind of cool artistic bend. It's got a little bit of gothic overtones to it.
0: But it's also got natural, very natural features that are looked at in new ways which I like.
1: It really does, it really does. All the furniture in the Noir Gallery is designed by a single individual.
0: And it's handcrafted.
1: It is handcrafted. It is really well priced because it is made overseas but it's made overseas at factories that are owned by the company.
0: So it's beautiful, it's useful and I understand environmentally friendly.
1: Absolutely true, absolutely true and it's well-built. So that means it's going to be uh, lasting longer. And that's uh, what
0: makes it hard to buy furniture so that you know that you're making an investment and it's going to be with you for a while?
1: It's it's, it's absolutely true. Now, we can also talk about when we launch the second part of Habitation, uh, designer rehab, as it will be called.
0: And we're going to... We're going to save that for our next segment. No, no, no. It's all good. Um, It's just that I'm looking up and I've got less than a minute. And I want to save the rehab for like an exciting concept. I shared the concept of rehab with someone and they're so excited they're going to come down. Because they think of it kind of like you've never been able to turn in furniture before.
1: It's a new idea, isn't
0: it? Disruptive. Totally disruptive with the furniture world. And if you get nervous about buying furniture or wanting to shake up and do your furniture a little differently, this gives you some permission. And we're going to hear more about that, as well as just a little bit more about Gus Modern, which I think is very cool, too. But we only have 10 seconds, so I'm going to have to say goodbye for this segment. And I'll give you some cocktail tips at the beginning of our next segment. Stages Theatre Company is dedicated to creating a space where diverse opinions, courageous dialogue, and community engagement is not only valued, but vital to our shared artistic and educational success. Stages Theatre Company creates a welcoming home for all for over 30 years stages has supported quality theater programming for children stages gives opportunities for youth to be on stage backstage in the audience and in the classroom whether you come to see a show enroll a young person in a workshop or benefit from their outreach programs in the community stages brings art to life learn about stages theater by going to stagestheater.org and become part of the magic of live theater by taking your family to an amazing show or enrolling someone you love in an education program. Stages Theatre Company operates out of the Hopkins Center for the Arts, located in Main Street in the heart of downtown Hopkins. For more information on Stages Theatre, go to stagestheater.org That's stagestheater.org.
2: Our Twin Cities culinary scene has a lot to celebrate and that's just what we're going to do on February 25th at the Pantages Theater. The Charlie Awards is the local culinary version of the Academy Awards for the Twin Cities restaurant industry. Proceeds from the event go to Open Arms, a nonprofit that delivers healthy, made from scratch meals to people with life-threatening illnesses. Your ticket to the awards ceremony is also your passport to the after party with food, drinks, entertainment and a chance to hobnob with the current and previous charlie's winners following on the heels of the charlie's just two weeks later on march 12th a vip reception and dinner will be held at open arms so mark your calendars february 25th for the awards and after party and march 12th for the vip event to buy tickets go to info at charlies exceptionale.com and be sure to check out the fun on our website charlies exceptionale.com Learn about wine, learn about yourself. How? With the Wine Fate Fortune Telling Cards. 24 cards, each explaining a different wine grape that can be read like tarot cards only easy. It's a unique, fun new way to explore the wine world and get a glimpse of your future. Uncork your destiny. Find out what the Wine Fate Fortune Telling Cards can tell you. Love, money, success, or what wine to have with dinner. Great for a party or a girl's night. Order your deck now by going to winefate.com. That's winefate.com.
3: The great magician Philip Winterbottom cordially requests your presence for his final disappearing act.
1: Sadly, he's dead. So, he won't be there.
3: But he's left very clear magical instructions. On tour from London, Single Shoe Productions presents a disappearing act.
1: A unique, interactive, magic-filled comedy.
3: Come take part in a special memorial service you won't soon forget.
1: Capacity is limited, so get your tickets now for a disappearing
3: act. At the Southern Theatre this January 25th through 28th.
2: Tickets available at southerntheatre.org.
0: Good morning Today we've been talking with Greg Rich, who is the founder and chief of Habitation Furnishing and Design, and we've been having a cocktail hour. Yes, our cocktail banter has been garnishing our conversation, and as you know, a garnish is a decorative object, typically edible, placed on our cocktail to enhance our the appearance. I think if I were a garnish, I would probably be a pineapple, cherry, and orange arranged ever so nicely on a little plastic pirate sword. What would you be if you were a garnish, do you think, Greg?
1: <laughs> wow, that's an insanely hard question. Uh, I'll let
0: you think about it. You, we, we can come back.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm from Buffalo, New York, originally, so uh, I probably have something to do with being a, uh, a Bloody Mary garnish of celery ooh. and uh, and carrots. But, uh, I like in, that. In and fact, nutritious, too. And nutritious, and the only way I ever eat vegetables.
0: Ah. Well, we've been talking about design and furnishing and the cool habitation and and you teased our audience a little bit with this rehab uh, notion so tell me about how you are disrupting how we can buy furniture in the future or coming up pretty shortly it's going to be opening up soon tell me all about it
1: i'd love to it is a new idea and i am so very very excited so habitation furnishing and design which is in st louis park on excelsior boulevard wasn't that a great plug? I love it. Thank you.
0: And, and, and you can also give the um, website if you'd like.
1: Uh, habitationdesign.com. There we go. Um, so Habitation, which uh, which opened in, uh, in uh, early fall of 2015, has gone very, very well. And we've been very pleased with the way it's been uh, received. But it did occur to us uh, as we had client after client come in and say, my God, I absolutely love this, but I just purchased a sofa at a Room & Board or somewhere else. Um, it, it breaks to
0: your us. heart when you hear that, doesn't
1: it? It really, really does. Ooh. It, it, it does. Missed opportunity. How yes. could I have reached you sooner? Yes, there's only yes. so much that can be yes. done. But it occurred to me that, you know, this is not an uncommon problem, that you have furnishings that are uh, not reflective, perfectly good, but not reflective of where you're necessarily going. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, uh concepts that I had was that, you know, people often, when they come in and start buying furniture, they buy what they think they should buy. They buy what yes. they've always expected.
0: You look in the magazines, you think, I have always, you know, been a little nervous. I don't know exactly how to do this. So you're kind of at the mercy of that moment versus really understanding how to design it.
1: Absolutely true. And and furniture can be, especially if you've made a substantial investment, Almost like a, a ball and chain. It's no mm-hmm. real way of getting rid of it. Say, a car, at least you can trade in. Right. A sofa is basically a sofa until you are forced to replace it.
0: Right. And then, you you know, maybe you can give it to Goodwill. Maybe they'll take it. Maybe they won't.
1: Or maybe you just put it on Craigslist and then you have strangers wandering over and, you know, and...
0: Things. I've never liked that concept, but yes, <laughs> it's
1: absolutely true. Neither have I. So what we decided to do was this: we took a look at the furnishings that we sell, and and the majority of of furnishings we we have are absolutely beautiful and exquisite, and and designed to be long term investments, um, and things that you know you can you can have for, you know, uh, an extended period. So I said, why don't we create a program where we can take furnishings that you're no longer interested in and um, give you a store credit to replace them? So when we opened Habitation, we went with what's called kind of a high-low strategy. That is to say, we have uh, some wonderful and no, I don't want to say expensive, but higher-end merchandise that are statement pieces. So let's say you have a budget of, we'll just say $10,000 for a particular project, and you would expect it to spend $1,000 on a sofa. But you find a sofa you absolutely love for $2,000. Well, what we did is we brought in some pieces that were aesthetically attractive, that were nice, but didn't have the same construction and quality as some of the other pieces, and we could sell at a much lower price point. So we could say, "All right," so you we, could
0: keep with your budget.
1: You could stay within your budget. We would high low it. We would have this fabulous sofa, and then we would give you a chair that will last you eighteen months or something like that. And then you'll have to replace it. You can still get that fabulous look. You know exactly what you're necessary. And you
0: save do. up for the piece that you want.
1: And you save up <laughs> for the piece that you want. So we decided to double down on the whole concept and say, you know what. We can take trade-in merchandise that is in saleable condition, or if it's not, we can take it and we can donate it to, you know, bridging.org sure. or Hope Chest or any of these other wonderful charities that take secondhand furniture. But if it's a saleable item that simply isn't speaking to you anymore, we can give you a trade-in credit on that particular item, and then we can apply that towards a new product that you would get more pleasure out of overall. So we are opening in uh in April uh what we're calling the new habitation which is about a mile and a half away from the current location. It's also in St. Louis Park. And then we're going to turn the current spot into what we're terming designer rehab. Um and we're going to have closeouts, liquidations, and then high-quality trade in merchandise and consignment goods. How cool is that? Isn't it going to be fun? Everything will be online. So if you go to Habitation um, as the new store, you can take a look at all the new exciting products. But then all of those Habitation designers are going to have access to all of the designer rehab items. So there may be a beautiful, one-of-a-kind piece that works beautifully based on the designer's concept.
0: And you fit within your budget then.
1: And you fit within your budget. And then we're also going to do things like um, give you a guaranteed trade in value associated with anything you buy from habitation. So that, you know what, in three to five years, if you decide that you do want to change out this particular sofa or this particular chair or dining table, you know that you're going to get a certain percentage of what you paid towards a replacement piece because we have so much confidence in the quality, we know we can send it over to rehab.
0: Plus, it kind of creates sort of the club, doesn't it? I mean, it I'm, I'm, I'm part of the habitation club. You're on the inside. <laughs> so when folks come in, a question that I, I think would be good for folks to consider is what are good questions to ask the designers? You know, how, how should they approach Coming in and looking at this furniture,
1: I think truthfulness is the absolute key, and you know that revolves to some extent around budget. To some mm-hmm. extent, people are always uncomfortable talking about overall budget, mm-hmm. and there are two ways that you can kind of look at budget. The first is if you're talking to uh, an, an individual who asks you what your budget is, the underlying subtext is how much money do you have that we can take from you, and I despise that. I hate it. It's mm-hmm. not what it should be to have a shopping experience that you truly enjoy. Budget is actually just the set of parameters that you are setting. How much money do I have to work with to give you what it is that you specifically want? And again, with with rehab and uh, with habitation, that budget number becomes something that you can work within regardless. So once you eliminate those question marks, you give the framework that the designer can work within and you can have a great outcome.
0: And give you good quality suggestions that's going to fit within your budget.
1: Exactly right. And
0: So uh, you're having your party in April?
1: So the grand opening party (laughs) will be in April, depending on how the build-out of the project goes. Uh Having built-out spaces before, I can tell you, there is no guarantee that three months is necessarily going to be enough.
0: Well, we're going to make sure that it goes on the calendar for AM 950 Radio, as well as my website, uh, fits-radio.com. And for folks that want to go to uh, the website to check out all the school furniture, it's habitationdesign.com. The address of the current habitation, you've got... At forty-three, seventeen Excelsior Boulevard, St. Uh, Louis Park. The new address
1: is going to be sixty-four, twenty-four West Lake Street in St. <gasps> Louis Park. How cool is that?
0: Well, Greg, it's gone way too quickly. The time just flew.
1: So, Manhattan's f- will do that.
0: Yes, yes, and you make a perfect Manhattan.
1: Thank you so much, Laurie.
0: And I hope that you'll come back and um, be on the show again before the the show the, your. Uh, Before the rehab opens up, or maybe there'll be something special that we'll be learning about a radio show
1: around the corner. That would be exciting, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, it will. We'll keep you posted. Thanks so much for joining
2: us here on Connections Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.